The BCA Companion Rescue Series, Backcountry Evacuation. You're listening to Send and Return, the BCA podcast. I'm Bruce Edgerly, co-founder of Backcountry Access. Over the last two episodes, BCA Ambassador Sarah Carpenter has talked about how to conduct a backcountry rescue and how to treat an injured victim. In this final episode, she's going to discuss options for evacuating an injured victim from the backcountry, like building a rescue sled, dealing with helicopters, and digging a snow shelter. Backcountry evacuation isn't thoroughly addressed in most recreational avalanche courses, but it's extremely important. So listen up, then make sure you're equipped and ready if things don't go as planned. My name is Sarah Carpenter. I'm a Backcountry Access Ambassador. I'm also one of the owners of the American Avalanche Institute. In this video, I'm going to talk about how to evacuate your partner from the backcountry. At this point, you've effected a rescue. You've located and dug your partner out of an avalanche. You've treated them for any injuries that they may have sustained, starting with their ABCs, as well as stabilizing any broken bones or tweaked knees. You've kept them warm and dry, and now you need to come up with a plan. How do you get that injured partner out of the backcountry? If your partner is injured and can actually ski themselves out or ride themselves out, it's a heck of a lot faster than if you have to drag them out or fly them out of the mountains. So the first question that I'm gonna ask is, is it a usable or a non-usable injury? With that question, I wanna evaluate if I suspect any sort of spinal injury. If I suspect a spinal injury, I need to stabilize that patient, keep them warm and dry, and get outside help. I don't wanna move that patient with a possible spinal injury. If my patient has a usable injury and can self-evacuate, that's what I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna build a splint around the injury. I'm gonna keep it nice and simple and transportable. And then I'm gonna have that patient either ride their sled out with someone or ski or snowboard out of the mountains. If that injury is not usable, but we as a team have determined that we can get that person out of the mountains without outside help, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna build a rescue sled. It's important when you're building a rescue sled that the time when your partner is injured is not the first time that you've put that rescue sled together. So if you go out and invest in a rescue sled, take the time to figure out how to construct it and figure out what materials you might need to transport a patient out of the backcountry in addition to that sled. Sometimes you need extra webbing, extra cordelette, or carabiners. Know that before you're in the mountains. If you're gonna build a sled and put someone in a sled, stomp out a nice flat area and ideally make that flat area right next to the patient. Construct it with any of the patient's gear. So use the patient's skis or snowboard to provide rigidity Use the patient's backpack to provide padding, and ideally the patient's clothing to provide additional padding and warmth. As a rescuer, we also need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves because we're gonna be putting a lot of energy into getting this person out of the mountains. Once I've got that sled constructed, I'm gonna load my patient into it. Make sure it's nice and secure because no matter how you drag someone out of the mountains, there's a lot of pushing, pulling, tugging, side hilling, awkward moments and those sleds can come apart. So make sure they're well constructed, they're nice and secure, and you have all the equipment that you need to drag them out. And as a rescuer, never underestimate the amount of energy it's gonna take to get someone out of the mountains. 
pulling someone even a mile is exhausting, no matter how fit you are. Keep in mind that side hills are a nightmare. So as much as you can avoid side hilling with these rescue sleds, one, it makes your patient feel safer when they're not about to fall out of the sled, and two, it makes your sled driving a lot easier. So choose downhill if you can over uphill, choose flat ground if you can over side hills, and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, eating, drinking, staying warm and dry as you're evacuating this patient. If Worst case scenario, your patient has an unusable injury and it's serious, you may need to call for a helicopter. If you're calling for a helicopter evacuation, here's a few things to keep in mind. Make sure to build some sort of windsock that's an indication to the pilot of the wind direction. You also want to be able to communicate to the pilot that wind speed and whether it's consistent or gusty. This makes a big difference for them flying. Stomp out an area that's flat, as in really flat, as in less than eight degrees in terms of steepness. Make it at least 100 by 100 for that pilot to land, and then give them some sort of uh, sense. The snow can be really hard to tell where it's flat, uh, where you actually hit the ground versus where you're hovering. So if you break off uh, any sort of pine boughs and stick them in the snow around that landing area, you're gonna give the pilot some sense of where that landing zone is and some sort of depth perception. Never ever approach the helicopter. Let the helicopter land, let the blade stop spinning, and let the pilot and the staff tell you what to do. If you're gonna spend a night out, if you need to take care of a patient and just get them out of the elements before help comes, be ready to build a snow shelter. There's a few ways that you can do that. You can do it by uh, stomping out an area, cutting out blocks and just building a trench. You can also carry a tarp. Uh, and when you carry a tarp, if you dig out a big trench, put skis across that trench, put the tarp over it and secure the tarp, you've got a great place that's out of the elements. It doesn't have to be the palace of luxury, but you can make it wide enough and tall enough to at least sit up and get out of the elements, stay warm and dry. If you're not carrying a tarp and you need to build a snow shelter, there's a few options. You can tunnel into a drift. If you do that, keep your door below your floor. That way that cold air sinks uh, and, and your warm air gets trapped inside the shelter. If you don't have any drifts around, you can also just dig out a trench in the snow and build snow blocks and put them up like a little roof. If you decide that you're gonna spend the night out with your patient, be ready to build a fire. What I carry in my backpack is I carry fire starter and a lighter. I also carry some way to melt water. So I carry a titanium cup where I use the lid of my thermos. That way, if I'm out here, I have a way to get warm and I also have a way to get warm liquids in myself and my patient. Bottom line, we all come out in the backcountry to have great days and to enjoy the places that we live. We need to be prepared though for when things go wrong. Make sure you have the proper training and the proper equipment for dealing with avalanches, for dealing with first aid issues, and for getting yourself out of the mountains. If you're required to conduct a full-blown evacuation, this can often be the most exhaustive part of the avalanche rescue process. It can also be equipment intensive. It's essential that you have your first aid skills wired and that you carry all the rescue materials needed if an avalanche does occur. Do you carry the right items to cobble together a rescue sled or snow shelter? Are your first aid and repair kits stocked? 
Make sure you're fully dialed on this stuff, especially if you're planning on riding in remote areas. Remember, this podcast is no substitute for an avalanche class. For a worldwide listing of avalanche course providers and more of our educational videos and research, check out backcountryaccess.com education. At Backcountry Access, our mission is to save lives, not just sell product. That's why we've created Send and Return, the BCA Avalanche Safety Podcast. Narrated by BCA co-founder Bruce Edgerly, produced by Jack Begley, Emily Kelly, Thomas Brazier, and Charlie Naus from beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Visit us at backcountryaccess.com.